Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! What's up, everybody, and welcome to Average Cheese. I'm Dale Lobo, alongside my co-host and longtime friend Todd Widener, and we are Average Cheese. We offer a unique perspective and entertaining conversation on what we love to talk about more than anything, the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers. You can talk to us or find us on Twitter at avgcheese, and you can also get a hold of us at email at avgcheese at gmail.com. we got a great show planned for today with a lot to talk about, so sit back, crack a cold one, and join us. Welcome to episode 12 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lowell. This is Todd Weiner. How are you today? Very well. Yes, it's a good week, right? Packers win. Everything yes. seems right in the world. Uh, shout out to our 283 followers. We have really increased our Twitter following in the last couple of weeks. I think I was listening to episode eight or something. I think we had 60. Something oh, like wow. That. I don't remember what episode, but yeah, so we're on our way up. You're closing in on 300. Closing in on a 300, and we will not beg for Twitter followers like I see people doing on Twitter. We're not doing that. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're grown-ass men. Oh, right. we're grown-ass men. I gotta get. I, I get, forgot my jar. I gotta get a jar. <laughs> Two in the jar. I also saw when I was looking through our stats for. We also have uh, new listeners. We have one in Mexico now. That's cool. International yeah. average cheese goes international. That's right. You will not hear me speaking any good Spanish on this show. <laughs> I'm still learning. It's true. Very yeah. true. All right. So let's get to it. Yeah. Let's recap the game. So let's go over the five keys from last week's game. So the first key that we had for the Packers against the Vikings was the right side of the offensive line. We weren't sure who it was going to be and how that turned out. Why don't you go with that for a little bit? So it actually, I put a poll on Twitter, which was kind of an interesting one. I had like three different combinations of what the right side of the line would be. And then the final, um, the final starters were actually Taylor and um, Jenkins. Well, so we, yeah. So on the right side, because that's what we were asking. It was Taylor Jenkins. Yeah. Until yeah. Taylor got hurt. Yeah, so the right I mean, side was pretty good right yeah i mean very very surprisingly and then you know then you see wagner come in you know that's where i, I really started to focus on him because i've talked on the show over and over about like how i was really concerned about his play and i, I gotta say the guy he had a solid game there's no complaints i don't think aaron Rodgers was on the turf at all except for the late hit which was not called right i, I can't remember the last game where aaron Rodgers did not get sacked the Vikings had zero sacks in that game. When you give him time back there, it's just a completely different offense. Yeah, when he gets comfortable, man. It, you get what you got on Sunday. You get Aaron yeah. Rodgers, it's absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, so, I wasn't, you know, un, unfortunately, and we'll get to this later, but about some of the injuries, but I, I felt for having a uh, significant injury to, to Lane Taylor, I thought they pieced it together and had a good game on the right side of the line. The whole offensive line, for that matter. Yeah. Well, and Lucas Patrick went out in the middle of the game, too. So they were really, I mean, Runyon got snaps. Mm -hmm. A guy who, honestly, I didn't think was going to get any snaps for the first and hoped 
he wouldn't get any snaps for the first six weeks, was in there and he got, I want to say, 15, 20 snaps. And he was solid, looked good, which is awesome. Absolutely. Let's, you know, let's talk a little bit more about this, the the offensive line. So how do we, you know, going forward, I mean, it's Bakhtiari. Patrick, I just saw, uh, probably will be back. He'll be probable for week two, which kind of surprises me for a guy that went to the locker room. He'll be back. Lindsley will clearly be the center. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Do you bring back Turner? I, yeah, I wonder if Turner will be healthy or not. I have seen nothing. Absolutely. I mean, of course he's not because they're not worried about him right now. Right. It's weird because Taylor took his job, more or less, and now Taylor got hurt. So now what? Well, yeah. Now Turner, even though Turner was seemed <laughs> like he was going to be the number one right tackle, that doesn't seem to be a thing right now. And then do you leave Jenkins out at right tackle? Because he – did he miss a step? That dude went left guard to right tackle yeah. and back to left guard and right like that guy's yeah. super versatile. I think he yeah. might end up being the right tackle of the future. I really do. He can play that position. He can, but I think they're gonna they're gonna leave. I think I honestly think they're gonna leave Wagner out there because he. I mean, he had a good game. That's who they they brought in to fill the gap until he proves otherwise. I think he's out there at right tackle starting uh, next week. No, yeah, I, I mean long term. Yeah, I, I, wonder if they don't, I don't know. I think Wagner will go out there. I saw uh, PFF had Wagner had an above average grade, and I honestly would never have thought that ever. So, yeah, you got to run him Neither. back out there in week two. If Turner is not fully healthy, then it's if, – if Turner can't come back, then I think it goes Bakhtiari, and I think that Patrick maybe plays right guard. You move Jenkins yeah. back where he was at left guard, Lindsley – and then you have Wagner out on the end, right? And Patrick moves to right guard, maybe. Because you got to put your best guys out there. Yeah, and that, that still leaves Turner on the sidelines. Right. Former starter from last year. But is he but healthy? What, I don't know. But what's interesting is the, the common denominator from last year to this year was the, you know, the absence of Billy Turner. And you had a game where Rodgers never saw anybody even touch him. So, hey, so that's really weird. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, know. I think you go without him until he's 100% healthy and then see where your guys end up. I was super impressed. I mean, overall with the, the injuries and what they've had to overcome, all the questions around it uh, in the preseason, and then to perform the, the way they performed with switching positions and, and shuffling the whole deck all, all over the place. That was an outstanding performance by the offensive line. Totally agree. I was really impressed with the offensive line it's stuff you know we talked about it last week about how that's what we were going to focus on you know you want to watch Rodgers you want to watch Adams you want to watch Jones play but you also need you know we're going to do this we need to look at how the line plays so yeah that was our first one you know check they did a good job and it showed and it showed in every aspect of the offense no question so last week I had talked about how I didn't think it didn't say that Cam Dantzler was going to start but on that first series, Cam Bansler yeah. was out there. He was. And they did expose the young secondary. I mean, Devontae Adams is top yeah. two or three in the league. So. Yeah. I mean, and then you have Rodgers thrown to I, I mean, LaFleur had like a surgical game plan where he was just, you know, very slowly dissecting those guys, picking things apart, short gains, you know, mixing up the run. And I know when you and I were texting back and forth, I was like, open it up, go, you know, I, I just wanted to see him like go long, like try to open this game up a little bit. And he stuck to his game plan, which I, I admire. It paid off because you could see as the game kind of wore on, he just kind of like wore him down. And right. then like larger opportunities came out. And then you see some big gains from MVS, Lazard, 
And De- Devontae Adams might have had the best game of his, his pro career. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah, he was great. You know, and I thought when they start when they ran those jet sweeps at the beginning, I thought that softened things up a little bit because now you don't, you know, you start to look in the backfield to see if our guy is running your way with the ball. You know what I mean? There's that hesitation, that little bit of I got to think about this, and they're young guys. Yeah, I really, I think that opened things up too. But they it definitely caused, exposed the secondary for sure. It caused a lot of confusion for those young DBs. They were 100%. just like, wait. <laughs> it was a great game plan by Lafleur. I mean. Probably one of his best. Surgical is, is a good word for it. The third key was to contain Dalvin Cook. And right. if I'm being honest, even though he had 12 carries for 50 yards, I think the Vikings contained Dalvin Cook more than the Packers did. <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah, it, I felt like he could have done more. I mean, the, the, if you look at the time of possession, it was the Packers were – it was double, right? And Minnesota, Minnesota still scored 34 points. <laughs> Yeah, the Packers had over 40 minutes right? with the football. They had like 19-something, 19-and-a-half or something. Yeah, so it was ridiculous. I, I, it was like, why aren't you running that guy? I mean, he's having success. I mean, the goal line was porous. I mean, he just walked in several times. So it's like, keep your offense out there on the field and grind this one down. But, you know, they kind of hit the panic switch – Every single time they would score, they just kind of hit a panic switch and go to like the big plays, which they were successful with. But they could have grinded it down and kept the score a little closer with uh, Dalvin Cook, but they selected not to. Yeah. Last week I had talked a little bit about how the Packers need to start fast. And I thought that would Mm -hmm. be the way to keep Dalvin Cook from running all over them. And when the Packers got up by so many points, they had to throw. Well, they thought they had to throw, and I, I, we're, I think we're both in agreement that they could have run the ball probably and moved it just as quick as they did throwing it because they, they looked unstoppable. I don't think the Packers could have stopped Dalvin Cook if yeah. the circumstances were different. Yeah, that's a great analysis. The uh, Minnesota stopped Dalvin Cook. So no check there, right? Like, we yeah. didn't stop him. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep. The, their backup, Madison, had 50 yards, too. He averaged almost eight yards a carry, which is just Jeez. disgusting numbers. Wow. Shit, cur- shit. This, oh, there's two cusses. I can't curse the cuss twice. <laughs> <laughs> right in a row. Um, I get a jar. <laughs> you do have to get a jar. I don't jar. like that. I need a jar. I need a desk first, and then I can put the, the jar, jar on, on the desk. It. Yeah. And then right. I can. Baby steps, brother. I'll Shit, get Kirk. Oh, there I go again. Kirk Cousins had four rushes for 34 yards. He averaged eight. Right. I, I, some of those were ridiculous. Well, that's oh, a little bit God. scary, right? I mean, there was, we're going to talk about it in a minute, probably. There was no pass rush. But not only that, there were gaping holes for him to run through on those plays. So not only did they not rush the passer well, but they didn't contain, they didn't hold a pocket very well either. No. That's that's concerning. I mean, Kirk Cousins runs for, you know, eight yards a carry. What does the Russell Wilsons and guys that can actually move, what do they run for? <laughs> scary. <laughs> All right. Anyway, scary. our fourth key was Justin Jefferson versus the Packers secondary. Non-issue. Didn't happen, really. Je- no. Jefferson only had two catches. I thought he'd be out there more. But, I, I mean, I think once they kind of got comfortable with uh, – Thielen was all over the place, wide open, and making yes. catches. Um, and then their number two receiver, which I don't remember his name. Ola B.C. Johnson. Um, yeah. 
I mean, when they just had those two guys out there rolling, so I mean, there, there wasn't there wasn't much room or you know for Jefferson to kind of come in. So yeah, the defense did not have a, de- a very good game. I mean, we talk about the offense, no. and the offense was great, but Justin Jefferson, just to keep to the key, did nothing. Two catches, twenty six yeah. yards. Yep. He he wasn't a, really a big part of their offense for whatever reason. So yeah. you know, if we're just looking at the check marks, they won that battle. Yep. I would say so. And then the last one, we thought that Cousins would throw two picks. He only threw one. But the one that he threw was right to Alexander. Yeah, it was. He it looked like he bit. was in the route. And I was like, after that, I was like, when it was like, you know, when they were trying to play catch up, I was like, I know Cousins is going to throw another. I know he is. I know. Because they were just like, he was just panicking. And um, they were throwing the ball all over the place. But hey, people were open and. They were making catches, so it didn't happen. But we, you know, we did capitalize on, on that one. We, we knew one, at least one, was coming. Yeah, and they did. And we talked about it last week too. Yeah, how you know, if I mean, Alexander didn't return it for a touchdown, but that was a huge turn of events. Sure, it was. Because then they went deep to MVS for a touchdown, and that really changed the whole momentum of the game. So that turnover was huge, and it came really late. Where I thought, oh, the Packers are just going to sit on it. And I love that they went downfield to MVS on that in that series. That's what you do, right? That's how yeah. you stick daggers in and win yeah. games. And by the way, uh, you know, we were, you know, we're still trying to set up our direct TV and stuff. So we were like screen sharing it from my wife's phone to the to the TV and stuff, and like right, uh, like we completely missed the MVS touchdown. Oh, completely no. missed it. Like, we heard it, the audio. That might have been the only thing he does all year. I'm sorry. You can <sighs> look it on the YouTubes, though. And yeah, see. I, I got to watch it. That Good ball, for him. Oh, that ball couldn't have been thrown any better. It literally landed in MBS's elbows. Have you seen, yeah. the like, the picture of it? I haven't seen it. Oh, I haven't seen anything on God. it. He didn't catch it with his hands. He caught it with his elbows. Because he has trouble with that. Yes. <laughs> He's got to have baskets. Yes, thank okay. God that pass was perfect. It literally yeah. landed in his stomach. Right. The picture it's, I saw is is his elbows around the ball. His hands right. have missed and his elbows are around the ball. If MVS was holding a shoebox between his wrist and his elbow, that's where the ball has to be for him. Yes. But if it's anything outside of you know his wrist, it's too bad. It's got to be a shoebox. <laughs> Too bad he doesn't play in the stick em era. Like, he might be a hell of a receiver if he could just stick him with his arms like they did oh, right. back in the 70s. Yeah. That he just like could catch it. What was that his name? Jack Tatum. No, no Lester Hayes. Lester Hayes, yeah. Yes. He had to stick Hayes. him all over his He did. Everywhere. His enti- entire body, because once he started, he couldn't get it off. Yeah, like, if he got drilled in the chest with a, with a ball, it would it just stuck to it. <laughs> And then they, then they outlawed it. They outlawed it. That stuff was brutal, man. It was all over him. And they went to gloves. All right, let's talk about what went well. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but what are one of the things that you thought really went well for the Packers this weekend? I mean, the offense, and, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit before, but I thought Lafleur, as far as his game plan was, was concerned, coming into this and kicking off the season in the right direction, I mean, it, it looked like everything was back in sync, like – you know, not only was it his game plan, but the players, there was very few mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. Like you didn't see Rodgers kind of like looking around, questioning guys and seeing where, where were you on this and, and, and that. But it, it, re- it all seemed to kind of click together for, for Lafleur. And, and like I've mentioned before, but he had such a uh, great game plan for this game. And, you know, when you have Aaron, Aaron Rodgers executing it for you on the field and the way that he was playing, I would give that offense an A+. 
I mean, it was outstanding. It's probably one of the best offensive performances that I can recall. And I would rewind. I, I would say nothing in 2019 even compared to that. Not, not one game in 2019. So I can't I mean, even the Raider recall. game that we went to. Mm, I mean, it was the Raiders and they sucked really bad. <laughs> That's fair. So, but overall, that, that's the thing that stuck out to me the most. Um, yeah. And then yeah. on the defensive side of the ball, it kind of just looked like nothing's changed from last right. year. It looked like nothing has changed. You so. know, part of the, the part part of the thing that went well with the Packers is that Minnesota had zero pass rush. That Ngakwe that they signed from Jacksonville. Yeah. He didn't even exist out there. I think he was banged up. I'll, so. I'll give him that. He he looked banged up. Okay. His foot, it was something that was bothering him, but he, he looked bang. And without Danielle Hunter, they literally had no pass rush. And with a young defensive back group, like you can't stop anybody. If you don't, if you don't have a pass rush and you got young guys trying to chase receivers all over the field, you're just not going to be able to do it. I don't care how good your defensive backs are. I mean, the right. backers are the same way, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I wonder now that I've watched the Vikings, and I get that it's week one, are the Vikings going to win 10 games? I don't know what they are. They really look bad on defense. I mean, the Packers could have scored 50 on them. MBS catches yeah. that ball, that long ball, and they score 50. Yeah, that's true. They, they got a player in Kendricks, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That guy is an animal. Absolutely. Without him, it would have been 50-plus. Yeah. Easy. He's Easy. Great player. Absolutely. Devontae Adams tied the Packer record for catches in a game of 14. That was pretty awesome. They, I was wondering if they were trying to maybe feed him like one more. He said he didn't know. I wonder if no one knew. You know what I mean? If no one on the sidelines like, hey, we need to get him a three-yard oh, out or something to get the record. Don't they have people that do that shit on the sidelines? Oh, shit. There we go. Oh, that was too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they should. There's like no someone one down the there stands. In, like in Lafleur's headset, hey, like. Get him another ball. Yeah. By the way. Oh, well, yeah. he'll. it's not like he won't have other opportunities, so. Absolutely. He was unbelievable. He, he, he's just an amazing player. I, that's going to bring up, you know, what do we do with Devontae Adams at some point? That's going to be another contract yeah. issue at some point. You know, everybody uh, – there's other uh, people around the league, especially like other star receivers and stuff who admire him. Yeah. And the one thing that they all um, always bring up about him is like his – you know, it's his route running and his, his technique and stuff like that. And, I mean, if there was ever a game that, that was on display, it was this one. I mean, he was just out – he just outclassed everybody. It wasn't even close. He did. I'll be the first to admit that I was at a game in Arizona when I watched the ball. I was almost in the perfect angle to watch that ball go through his hands in the end zone. It, yeah. it looked like he just – and I was like, we could chop his hands off and he can leave Green Bay right now. But I was so, right. so wrong about him. Yeah. He, he's an amazing player. You know who also had a great game was Chris Barnes. Yeah. I mean, get, get called up from the practice squad. Undrafted free agent. Here you go, buddy. First, first NFL game. Yeah. And they threw him right out there. Yeah, they did. That, I don't remember which play it was, but he had that play where he sliced between two defenders and made the tackle. That was a, a big-time play. It really was. Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, maybe we got a um, player there for, for the future. You know, when we talked about uh, Kamal Martin uh, way back, way back, so when we talked about the draft, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I said was, you know, maybe Kamal Martin is that guy where they say, just run after the football. You know, right. don't worry about reading anything. <laughs> Just look, chase the football, attack the football. 
And I wonder if they didn't do that for Chris Barnes, made it simple for him. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, he, yeah, your analysis is pretty spot on, though. I think he is one of those kind of players who just allow to be on the field and just, just ball haunt. He has the instinctual player mentality. Yeah, Barnes had six tackles on 15 snaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He only played 15 snaps. I didn't know that. It was that limited, huh? Because then when he was out there, he made plays. You know what I mean? Some guys were out there. You wouldn't even have known they played in this game because yeah. they didn't do anything. Not him. He was in the yeah. mix. That was awesome. Yeah, it was good to see. You know, and we need that going forward because we got to have a guy. We got to have another guy. It can't just be Kirksey, who was pretty good too, but we need another guy. You can't run with one linebacker. I wonder what Summers was thinking. While he was sitting on a bench? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, man, I'm on kickoff return. We're like, I don't even, no one even, kickoff return in the NFL has just devolved into nothing because they're, you know, right. you don't even, no one hits anyone or you don't even touch anybody. They don't even return the football. They just stand there at the line, and if it's over their head, they don't even look backwards or back up. They just stand there, a, and they – got a third-year linebacker, Packers, and then you just bring up an undrafted free agent from UCLA, and it's like you got to move right ahead of them. Yeah. Summers has to think, I better be making tackles on punt returns, or I'm going to get cut. Something. Him and Burks both. Yeah, that's true. Because those clowns are both cut. Burks, Burks now has an, some other weird injury. I think it's groin this time. Something. I hate to say it, but it starts. It begs the question: Is Oren Burks enhanced? Was he, you know what I mean, optimizing that body, and all of a sudden, it's all going to shit? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure, but he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, there's no he doubt. He's, he's a very fragile player. So. Let's go over the things that went poorly, because there was a lot of things that went well, but there were some things that went poorly too. And I think the most important negative out of this game is Lane Taylor's loss for the season. It's a torn ACL, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Because he, he came back from injury, took a pay cut, beat out Turner, got a starting position, was playing his ass off in this game, and late in the game goes down. And you, you know when NFL players are like, you can just tell their body language when they go down, if they're, if they're going to get up or not or this or that. But you could tell the body language right away was like, oh, shit, he's – He's fucking hurt. Right. That he's was, injured. Too, he's not just hurt. Like guys will lay there and kind of – they you could, they kind of move around when they're hurt. When mm. they're injured, they just lay there. Yeah. And, he and just you could see he had, a, he had his palm on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, he, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Really sucks. He's a great story, and it, it is not – it's just a shit – you know, it's horrible for him. I, I feel for him. The other thing, we talked a little bit about it already, is the defense didn't stop the Vikings. No. They scored 24 fourth-quarter points. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was all the fourth quarter. I, I knew it was all second half. And, and then when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, it was all fourth quarter. Holy shit. Right. And they didn't grind it out, clearly, because there's not enough minutes in a quarter to score 24 points in a quarter and grind it out. But they, yeah. they were just moving down the field oh, without yeah. real resistance. I mean, I can, I can understand playing prevent when you're up when you got 43 points up up on the board, but man, right. Me too. I, I sort of get that, that you have to soften up and you want things to happen in the middle of the field. So the clock becomes your friend. I get that. And I get not blitzing or doing anything like that, but you weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback. Oh, it was None. zero. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think too, is like if, if I'm scouting, you know, if I'm the Detroit lions or I'm on the schedule of the Packers, I'm taking notes in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. for sure. 
right? You should be playing like, yes, it's the fourth quarter, but like you should still be playing like at a high level. You shouldn't be kicking back and like dropping back far and just kind of letting things happen in front of you. I mean, they were just, it was ugly. It was an ugly fourth quarter. Yeah, it really was. It doesn't give me a ton of confidence. I am thankful that they played Detroit this week and not somebody better. And, I mean, if the, if the defense holds, you, you take Rodgers out of that game. Yes. Right? If the defense holds up, like, even through, like, the first, whatever, half of the fourth quarter or whatever, mm-hmm. you sit Rodgers the fuck down, right? Yeah. I mean, he should not be out there when you're up 43 to 10, right? 43-17, whatever it is. Like, he should not be out there. Yeah, they missed the chance to get Boyle some work. Not that they should have to get him some work, but they, right, to protect Rodgers from injury. Now, granted, he didn't get hit, but right, he could have. And you don't want Aaron Rodgers getting hurt in a game where you're just running away with it. Right, if they shut him down in a couple series there, then the Packers can just hand the ball off and, and walk away. Another injury, Kenny Clark, Christ's yeah. sake, was in the first half. I don't remember. But all I, I remember was all of a sudden Zadarius Smith is doing is standing up in the middle of the field like the nose tackle. I'm thinking, <laughs> you shit me here. That's the best right. option right now. I mean, it, it. thank God it wasn't like a knee, right? A groin is, is not pleasant, but it's, you know. Right. I'm sure he's rehabbing while we speak, but I don't see him in this game against Detroit. Mm-mm, I, I me neither. Really I think he's – it's the type of injury that, you know, you've pulled one before. It's it's not going to be a week. That's not no. a week-long injury. Gonna be, it, it, in order for it to feel right, you got to get some treatment. And you it's – I don't see him in that game against Detroit. I think they should call Snacks Harrison, have him play against Ooh. his former team. Ooh. There you Why go. not? They're going to have to. Be super motivated. Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of shuffling of the deck for, for the lineup this week in Detroit. For sure. Yeah, that went poorly. I'm, my guy, Kenny Clark, he's, <laughs> he'll be sitting on the sidelines for a couple of weeks, I'm guessing. I'm hoping it's one. Our buddies did not make the box score this week. Mm. Double L's. That's right. Lancaster and Lowry. Shocking. They we were not, non-existent, and they didn't even make the box score. No. It, it, it's I mean, zero stats. Without Kenny Clark, they didn't make a tackle. Right. Zero tackles, zero assists, zero pressures, zero production. Yeah, piss poor performance all around. I mean, and they didn't they didn't address that in the off season, right? I mean, it was just like we're gonna roll these two guys back right back out there. All the teams know that they can run between the tackles or you know run motion or something and get these guys you know confused on the line. I mean, they're pretty much non-existent out there. Yep. Again. You know, MVS, I have him down as something that went poorly. He did have a decent game, to be fair. I mean, I, I know I'm being overly critical of him right here, but he just, he is who he is, right? He is inconsistent. And that yeah. is not, you can't have that for your number two receiver or three. I think he's the three. He's the deep guy. Lazard is clearly the second best receiver on this team. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, he established that. Even my son, on the first drop, you know, when, when MVS was, I think it was a, a, a... Coming across the middle, crosser. Yeah, it was like a slant or a cross or whatever, mm-hmm. across the middle. He couldn't have gotten more wide open. I mean, no. that was that was such a great... Training camp play, pass? I mean... Great play call by LaFleur. I mean, yes. there was nobody around him. No. And it could, the, the pass was delivered 
pinpoint accuracy. Even my son, who's seven, like jumped off the couch and was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And then he comes back and then he makes a few more catches. And then he makes another another one. Yeah. And then he made a really hideous drop. You know, I don't know what you do with him. I do like that they went back to them. I felt like that was purposeful. Like we need to keep MVS's head in the game. Hopefully he makes the play and he can, you know, get out of his own head. But going forward, I just don't I don't know. He's he's your deep guy. If he can develop some consistency, he could be, like we said many times, a great player. But ah, man, Jesus. He, he is frustrating. He is frustrating. Hopefully it was the first game jitters. And we've said that in years past, but he's in his third year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. Hopefully he, he turns it around. But I don't know. He overall, he, he did compensate for his mistakes. So I'd probably give him like a C plus or something. Yeah, he wasn't god awful, but he showed what we've seen in the past. And hopefully he can get over it because they need him. They need him to yeah. be good. Oh, because no doubt. people like Equinemia seen Brown – he didn't even suit up on Sunday. I would love what? to know what that's about. Was it because they had to pull Barnes up? No idea. starting roster? Uh, yeah. No. But I thought, uh, I thought St. Brown was a fourth receiver. But I wonder what they listed Irvin at. Well, Irvin is in the running back room, according to the official roster. But still, if he Oh, it was DeGora Brown, then. It was DeGora. Had to be DeGora. Yeah. Well, DeGora played amazing, right? I mean, we didn't thought talk so. about that. Yeah. He had that crazy block. Yes. When Lazard took it around the right side, I mean, that was just a, a stud block. I mean, he took out two guys at one block. What I love about that is that is a, a complete effort play. That's oh, not yeah. ability. That is you going out there and laying out for that play and getting huge results. And understanding the play and what your role is. That was, that was an amazing play by him. That Again. was super impressive to me. Yeah. The other one was where he got isolated – on Kendricks uh, up the sideline, up the left sideline. It sort of seemed like he was off on his route a bit, the way the uh, Rodgers was delivering the ball. But then again, I mean, Kendricks is – he's an all-pro. So right. I was like – when he was fooled. out there on him, I was like, yeah, he wasn't fooled. So No, which – That could have been a nice play, though. I mean, they designed it for him. Yes. And it was nice. But, yeah, they didn't fool Kendricks on that. No, not at all. But I like the play call, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Running him on the, on the wheel route out of the backfield, most of the time, most of the time, you're going to get on a linebacker that can't run with you or doesn't recognize that you're, you're going to keep going down the field. And that play is going to pay off at some point for the Packers, for sure. Even if they run that wheel route with DeGuara and they run like Jones right behind them, you know, yeah. just dump it off to a running back because everybody will be running in the wrong direction. So I feel like that opens up things going forward too. Yeah. So back to St. Brown, I, I think it was just probably like whatever, whoever fit the game plan for LaFleur. And I think he, he, he got the odd man out because Could it was be. probably, you know. But what's his role then? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, he, he is the same body as MVS. They're very similar body styles. They're very similar in how they play the game. So maybe, I don't know. I don't think it bodes well for him long term. I just don't. I'll put Big Bob Tanyan on my fantasy team. Oh, really? Yeah. He didn't yeah, even get a was... target, I don't think. They didn't even throw it at him one time. 
Did Sternberger get targeted? I don't think so. He's just silent. He had the least amount of snaps in the tight end group. Sternberger. Sternberger. Yeah. Because yeah, I, th- I think he bumped down to three. Oh, four. Right? Lewis, Tanyan, Guara, Sternberger. Oh, yeah. That, that's probably what the lineup was for that, for that game. Yeah. Yeah. So what, the- what we thought in the preseason was Sternberger number one actually dropped to four. So. Yeah, we'll replace you. If you can't play, you got to go. Yeah, I mean, but he's he is kind of, I mean, in his defense, he is a different tight end. He doesn't have the full skill set of a traditional tight end where he can, he's the big body who can block, run, catch passes, go across the middle, that kind of thing. He's he's like a an overly large receiver True. that they don't, just don't know what to do with, so they stick him at tight end. I don't know how he makes the roster next year. I really don't. I think with DeGuara. a silent camp. Silent camp in a silent first game. Yeah. So, I don't know. Should be interesting. Anything else about the Vikings game before we move on to next week? Uh, One of the things I did want to bring up, the value of Tyler Irvin. I mean, if if there was a game where if anyone ever questioned why they brought this guy in or what his value is, my God, that guy can play football. Mm-hmm. He is all over the place. He's so shifty. He's so versatile. I mean, that one where he was stringing it out along, it, he should have scored a touchdown, almost scored a touchdown, where he was uh, running, running right. As soon like he allowed all of that to happen, as soon as that hole opened, he knew exactly when to make the cut. Yep. And it, was, it was a beautiful play. He, he made a lot of plays. He does not make mistakes. Him being on the field, if you're Matt LaFleur, it makes you feel good as a coach that you got that guy in the field. He's underrated, and uh, I thought he had an unbelievable game. He didn't make the stat sheet like all the way across the board like the other guys, but, man, he did some really key things to, to make that one ha- happen. And we pulled him off the shit heap. Do you I know. know what I mean? Like, he came out of nowhere. Like, he, he really did. We picked him up in the middle of the season. Last yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, super valuable. And by the way, Jamal Williams has got to be the most underrated player on the Packers. If there's anyone – I mean, he had an unbelievable game. That, that that catch that he had out in the flat, and then he yeah. just made one cut and made that guy miss, and that towel went flying in the air. Yes. My Lord. Yeah, <laughs> you he's get not towel, getting enough. You get a towel flying in the air. You, Yeah. <laughs> You've done something. He did something. For sure. There. Yeah, he didn't have a big stat sheet, but he's a good player. And that's going to be a tough decision, right? Now that yeah. we've seen what running backs are getting, I saw on Twitter and I, I got super pissed. Somebody was like, oh, you know, maybe they can offer him $6 million. Okay, fuck off. Really? Right. $6 million? So I had to do some research. The amount of stuff you can find on the internet – Okay, pro football reference, shout out to you because your freaking website is awesome. It is. So I went and looked up Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, and Dalvin Cook. I put all four of their stats. You know, I compared all four of them. And if someone thinks that Aaron Jones is going to sign for $6 million, they need to get off the pipe because they're all the same guy. They almost, I mean, if you put those four guys up and take like erase the names and black out the names, you won't know who's who. They're so similar. Joe Mixon, too, I had in that group. I took the 2017 to 2019 stats for all those guys plus Joe Mixon, and they're very similar, very similar. 
Aaron Jones is going to make $12 million plus. There's no question about it. It's whether the Packers want to give him $12 million plus or not. That, that's the question. I haven't gotten a new jersey. I'm hanging on to my Matthews jersey, of course. Um, but I haven't swapped it out yet because I'm like, I'm waiting for Jones. To, okay. That, that's kind of like my, my jersey swap. Where it's like, I know that I can have that jersey for another four years or whatever, so. Yeah, wait till he signs first. My son's already got one. My son's already got one. He's going to kill him if he, if he leaves. But, right. I put it I on love. Twitter. I have my Aaron Rodgers high school jersey. I, I mean, you know, the, the toss-up is between Bakhtiari and Jones. Bakhtiari Jones, right? Back and forth. Either one of them that they sign, I'm going to be happy with. But I love Jones. Me too. I mean, I love him. He's so. a great player. I'm just saying that he's going to sign for $12 million. He deserves $12 oh, no. million dollars a year. He will. Oh, yeah, he does. That made me mental. I'm sorry I digressed to that, but God bless it. Six million. The Packers wouldn't even offer him six million dollars because it wouldn't, they'd be, in, they'd be insulting him on such a high level that he'd probably be like, forget it, I'm out. Yeah. You know? All right. So, anyway, let's get on. So, they play the, pa- the Packers play Detroit at home with no fans, 12 o'clock game, of course, because it's the NFC North or whatever. Stafford throws for 300-plus, as usual. I do have Stafford on one of my fantasy teams. It's always a hard It's a hard decision, but I would do it. Oh, he plays for sure yeah. in this game. I hope he throws for 500 yards and the Packers win 50 to 48 or something like that. It's possible. He always has big games against them. So. You want to go through some of the keys for this game? Yeah. I mean, just as last week, you know, some of the, the, the keys will be uh, turnovers. See if they can expose the – Aligns to either, um, you know, some turnovers with a fumble or interception from Stafford. And the, the thing with Stafford, too, is like the more he's pressured, the more susceptible he is. And, and this kind of goes in hand with like any quarterback, but like, especially with Stafford, the more he's rattled back there, the more times that he has to kind of be rushed into throwing something, the more times he's going to make a mistake and throw an interception. So I think there's some opportunity there if we can get our pass rush going, i.e. Rashawn Gary. Well, he played better. I thought he actually had a nice first half, and then he just went ghost in the second half. But I thought he had a couple plays in the first half. Yeah. But, right, there were no sacks from him. So, right, he did have a well, you hear, it's It's more or less like from a fan's perspective where you hear all this shit about him, right? And then you're just like the expectation – of you know watching him and then you know he's just falling under expectations right they all did on i I, i'm with you i don't disagree with you i think Rashawn gary did not play great in the second half none of them did uh it was an ugly ugly defensive game oh i just have to say this before we go on more keys because i did it last week the packers will play in their 182nd game against the detroit lions good lord the packers lead the series 102 72 they've tied seven times <laughs> Good God. yeah played their first okay i have to say this for all you packers like history nerds out there the first one two three in 1930 from 1930 to 1933 they played the portsmouth spartans the precursor yeah. team to the lions oh wow they did not become the Detroit Lions until 1934. Holy crap. Yes. Yes. So the wow. Portsmouth Spartans. It's a little name, history. Name your favorite line. My favorite line of all time all or just time. right now? All time. All time. Barry Sanders, no question. I love Barry Sanders. I, I, every time the Packers played yeah. him, it was a love-hate. Like, I want to see Barry Sanders make someone lose their jock strap. And, and I, I almost, like, I didn't forget, but, like, 
he's almost like one of my all time favorite players all time mm-hmm. in the NFL. But like when I, when we were growing up, a player that kind of like probably a lot of people don't know about it and like flew under the radar was and I loved and used to just tear the Packers in half was Billy Sims. Oh yeah. That guy yes. was unbelievable. He was. Billy Sims. You never hear his name come up that much. No, because his career was so short. Oh, man, was he unreal. He was a great player. Love Billy Sims. So here's the transition. They now have a running back from Oklahoma named Adrian Peterson. (laughs) Right. That the Packers have never stopped historically. In fact, I looked up Adrian Peterson's stats versus the Packers. He's averaged 20 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown throughout his career against the Packers. I got to think that they – I mean, they, they also have uh, DeAndre Swift, and they, they got they got a lot of, pe- lot of people in that backfield. It's going to be a shared backfield. Peterson we'll had 93 he, yards against the Bears. Well, then again. Yeah. I think the other the other keys for the games are to – I guess the Lions have a pretty banged-up secondary. Yeah, they all have hamstring injuries. Is that strange? Who knows? I mean, I don't know what that comes from. Overtraining? Yeah. Like maybe they were doing a lot of stuff running and they weren't doing enough squatting. They pulled their hammy because it's weak. It's going to, it's almost like a verbatim like game plan from this week. I mean, yeah. that's what you do. You go right after them. Um, so yes, you, you so can too. expect the, the, the secondary of the Packers is going to be on alert. Right. And they, they can't do it all when you can't rush the passer and you can't stop the run. The secondary is, you know, they, they can't do it all. They, you know, you always see on the Packers uh, stat sheet, it's, it's usually like the linebackers first. Like in this case, he was Kirksey. Um, but like the third, fourth, and fifth guys are all DBs, you know, with tackle. I get that they're making tackles when receivers make catches and stuff, but it's like the expectation is that, you know, you're getting some of those guys that up front that are starting to make some tackles, right? Top four of the top five tacklers for the Lions from week one were defensive backs. They only had one sack, so which also looks like, again, the Packers should be able to throw the ball all over the football field without a whole lot of, you know, resistance. If those three guys are out, if they're top three guys out, Akuda, Marcus Trufant, and or I can't remember the other guy's name. They're, they're, whoever their nickelback is, it doesn't really matter. Coleman. Coleman mm-hmm. Right, Coleman, thank you. If they're all out and you're on defensive back like four, five, and six. Rodgers should have another big day. Let's put yeah. it that way. Aaron Jones as well. I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, I don't think, I don't think LaFleur is going to like take the blueprint from Minnesota and just like transfer over to Detroit. But I think there's going to be a lot of different looks and a lot of different player personnel and stuff that he's going to mix in there. I think he's going to have another solid game plan. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is off to an <laughs> insane start. Yeah. Like an MVP style start. And I think he's angry inside. He's not showing it, but I think he's angry inside. And he's out to just, you know. Show the league. Well, the other thing about the defense for Detroit, though, is Jamie Collins got tossed out of that game for some week. Did you see? Oh. He like, I don't want, I want, if I call it a headbutt, that's not accurate. Jamie Collins right. like dropped his helmet and like moved it towards the official i don't know how to say it any differently that than that and he got tossed from the game for that it was i thought it was some bullshit i oh, really wow. did it was a shitty call there's two one two because it was he'll be back he's a good player yeah. right 
So they'll have him on the field too. Well, one of the things I observed with a no fan uh, game was like, I mean, you always think from a fan perspective, like, you know, the crowd actually has some influence on the on the officials, but they don't now. Makes you wonder what the, what the officials are kind of going through too. Yeah, it's got to be different for them for sure. It's got to be kind of, well, kind of nice. Well, maybe not because <laughs> now the, the coaches can yell louder and actually be heard from the sideline yeah. yelling at officials. Either way, the Packers win this game. Stafford throws for over 300, but we do enough, and Rodgers is going to have another MVP-style game, so not worried. I'm not really either, even though Kenny Clark probably won't play. I'm not super worried. I think Adrian Peterson will go over 100 yards in this game. If not, I think it's one of those running back by committees, like you said. And I think they probably combined for 150 yards rushing against the Packers. I hope we get the ball first and go down and score and put pressure on them. I think that should be in this game. If they win the toss, they should absolutely be taking the ball first. Absolutely. And actually going forward until they can figure out what they're doing on defense. I think that's it. I think so. Again, thanks to Dwight at DDG Customs and Andy at ThirdEyeGraphics.net. We love you both. Um, I have, I think I told you this earlier that I was going to do this, but I am going to have Dwight make some custom Packer shoes. Oh, sweet. So I'm going to put those up on Twitter and I will like auction them off or something like that. And we'll give the uh, proceeds to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. That'd be awesome. Yeah, should be cool. Man does some crazy stuff with that. So, and we, I think we put about two bucks in the swear jar today too. So can we get an average cheese logo on them? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's going to happen. Good. That's a good call. We're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't have to be the doesn't have to be the focus of the whole shoe, but like somewhere on there, maybe some average cheese. We got the logos. I love that. And he's the one who made the shirts for us, so he's already got our graphics and stuff. So yes, that's going to happen. A hundred collectible item, people. Collectible item. So you'll be bidding on them, maybe. I think they're too big for me. I can't it's remember what possible. size they are. <laughs> possible. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Yeah, man. Go pack. Go. <laughs> Go Paco.